Hi, friends, and welcome to All Things Relatable, a place where stories are shared. It's hard to put a value on a story because the lasting effects it can have are often priceless. An individual's story has the potential to impact our lives in tremendous ways. My hope for you in joining me today is that this episode resonates with you and that you leave enlightened, ignited, and inspired because it only takes one moment to spark a change and leave an everlasting effect. Hey friends, have you ever been to a point in your life where you look around and see all these people living their best life, living a life full of possibility, a life that includes all the things that you desire for yourself and more? And then you think to yourself, dang, that's out of my reach. That's just not in the cards for me. Well, let me tell you something. I've been there. I used to go around thinking in my next life until I finally woke up and decided that I'd had enough and that I wanted to live the life of my dreams. If I wanted to, I had to make some changes. I had to change the way that I thought, and I had to change the things that I was doing. My next guest, Mariah, also came to a point in her life when she decided that she deserved to create a life that she wanted to live and that she was fully capable of making it happen. And so she has. So if you're listening in today and you have dreams, big or small, I want you to know that they're possible, that you are capable of writing the next chapter with an unbelievable plot twist and living the life of your dreams. Hey, Mariah, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Candice. Thanks for having me. Okay. I want to back up a little bit. Can you talk about what was your day-to-day life like before you made the decision to make a course correction and start creating that life that you wanted to live? Yeah. Um, first of all, that was a beautiful introduction. I loved it. Every word rung so true. Um, so before I decided to make my course correction, I would say it happened in baby steps, total baby steps. I I've always I've always been a yoga teacher. Um, since I, I dropped out of high school to go take my yoga teacher training back in 20. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Not high school. I dropped out of college. Um, 2006. And that was, that was the beginning of it all. I, I was in my first, first part of taking my education. And, um, I realized that it wasn't for me. I just had this gut intuitive feeling that it wasn't for me, even though my whole life, I thought I wanted to be a kindergarten teacher. So I was taking my bachelor's of education and, um, I just, just dropped out because it wasn't it every day that I went, I felt more and more of a, a, a wrenching feeling in my gut. And so I decided to listen to that. And I went to Costa Rica for my first training. And that would, that was, I would say that was the first step to course correction. And then after that, I just more and more listened to, I don't want to say the whims of my intuition, but I got really good at paying attention to my body and with what felt right and kept going. And then, um, yeah, here I am. I did take a little hiatus from, not a hiatus from teaching yoga, but I've taken a few breaks from what do I want to say? There's a few points in my life where I was in an office job. No, one point in my life I was in an office job. And um, that lasted for a while. And then again, I just realized that no, this isn't for me. And so I, I've taken many, many 
big leaps and little baby steps to get to where I am. And I always, at this point, I know to always, always, always listen, listen to that inner voice, that inner feeling, listen to your body, the, that, that gut intuitive feeling, because it just, it's an ever unfolding process. And it really just like, it's like evergreen, it's constantly blooming. And sometimes it's in full bloom. Sometimes it's in that germinating part. And does that answer the question? Yes, yeah, yes. kind of like always like redirecting, redirecting. Okay, let's go back though, to the point where you are in university, you're thinking that you want to be a kindergarten teacher. Was that your intuition that you were listening to then that you were thinking like, like, what was it? Cause that's a big deal to just say, like drop out, I guess for some people and then to go to Costa Rica, like that's not a teeny tiny. It's not like you're like, mm, you know, maybe I'll consider doing something else or do, doing a uh, studying something different or taking a break. It was like, yeah, this, this isn't feeling an alignment or this isn't feeling right. Something else is pulling on me. Like that's a huge step to like leave the country and go. When you said you went to Costa Rica, was it yoga that you were interested in or what was the pull that brought you there? Yeah, it was yoga. It was my, it was taking my yoga training. And even then I, when I got my certification, I was like, I can't believe I'm, I'm a yoga teacher. Like this has always been a dream of mine. And it's, it's definitely evolved since then. I no longer teach yoga, but that was the first step of my evolution of my personal, you know, Dharma, my, my, my life purpose. Um, but I guess I always have been that type of person where I'll just like, just fully trust and go all the way in. Like there's been so many points in my life where it's just like within a two week period, like drastic change, complete course change. Um, and it comes from, I will say also just like, I get a feeling, I get an inkling, I tune into it. And then it's like, this is obviously the right choice, even though it seems crazy and like almost, I don't want to say stupid, but like it, like the outside world is like, what are you doing? Okay. Yes. So (laughs) like that feeling, have you ever just ignored it before or have you always kind of tuned into it? I've, yes, I've, I've done both simultaneously tuned into it and ignored it. And it always, always, always pans out the way I know it's going to, even if I, even if I, even if I ignore it, it always, always finds a way to, you know, and thankfully I'm knocking on wood here. Thankfully it's never been, um, any sort of real serious circumstance for me to, you know, learn from, you know, Mm -hmm. or like get tuned in by or like redirected from, you know what I'm trying to say? Right. Yeah. I I feel like there's, Mm -hmm. you know, situations in some people's lives where they, you know, ignored their intuition. And then, you know, there's some really, really sad things that have happened, you know, that they looking back, they'd say, Oh, I really, I felt it. I knew it. And I just ignored Mm -hmm. it. So there's been nothing. So drastic for you that's happened that way yeah or anything like permanent you know or anything like you know it's yeah thankfully it's been pretty I haven't it hasn't gone too far you know where there was something kind of unreversible that happened okay so you followed your intuition you set off to Costa Rica 
did you go solo or did you go with a group? Of yep. Yeah. Solo. So all of my, all of my trainings, I go solo. Cause I think it's just, um, it's just me, me and my soul, you know, me, me following my path and it's just me and me and my connection to myself. And Okay. So you went to Costa Rica and you got trained. Do you get your yoga training there? Yep. So that was my first training. And then I followed just, this was before I had kids. So I was a lot more free with my time and my uh, responsibilities, not free, but I had only myself to be responsible for, we'll say that. And um, yeah, so I went through, uh, kind of went through all of this um, different parts in the US, like California, um, a bunch of cool little towns in the US to get like the kids yoga training and then the therapeutic yoga training. And then the, um, I, I kind of like went as far as I could go with yoga. I would say for myself, for my journey then I went to India in 2010. And then I went into, I kind of dabbled in my Ayurveda throughout my yoga trainings. And then after that, after my India training for yoga, I went and took my Ayurveda wellness counseling, and then that led me into the coaching, uh, which is what I do now. Okay. So before we get into your coaching, um, and the Ayurveda, um, I just want to ask this question because I've, there's a few people who, okay, there's two questions I have first, there's this woman that I know who also did her yoga and she jetted off to India and she, it was the most incredible experience of her life. And then she met, um, what would you call them? The woman that's all in white in India. Mm. I, I have to think, I sorry, I, it, yeah. the name's coming up, but, and then she, she's from Canada and then she came back to Canada and I think she would talk to like Deepak Chopra. And then she's like, where can I go next for this training? And like, she jetted all the way off to India for it, but she came back and they're like, we'll go to California. And she's like, California, like who would have thought that, you know, you could go to California or that you could get some different trainings that are just as incredible that are, that are closer to home. So do you think that that trip to India did something? Well, I know it did for her, but then she realized she could have been closer to home doing it. Or is there something about the culture and the spirituality there that is different from what's available here or in the States or different places like that? Right. So again, I followed my intuition. I like my first India was the last place I went for my trainings. And I feel incredibly blessed that all of my teachers were so authentic to the teaching of yoga. I went on the internet and I Googled and somehow just like came across people's pages that deeply resonated with me. And I I wouldn't change a thing. Everyone was so my teacher at the time, what I needed at the time. And again, I think I had a sense of that, like authentic, seeing authenticity when I saw it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, there's so many incredible teachers sprinkled throughout the world. And, and then I later found out that all of my teachers were threaded somehow, like not knowing going into it, but this teacher trained with this teacher and this teacher knew this teacher. Like it was just, this really, again, like without knowing, just being intuitively guided that these are my teachers. Wow. That is so cool. Okay. And my, Mm -hmm. my next question is then 
um, like through the yoga experience too, I think I've just had a few friends that have been through training and it seems to me that everyone who goes through the training has these big, like soul transformations at the end where it's like, they've kind of, I don't know, come home to themselves or, or really shedded a bunch of layers or like a rebirth or something going through all of that training. Did anything like that happen for you as you went through your trainings? I absolutely like, yeah, definite transformation. Um, I wouldn't say that I came out a new person. Yes. And no, like it wasn't this, like almost like Mariah going Mariah before her yoga treatments or trainings. And then like her after it was, I want to say it was more of a subtle, like a remembering or like a re an affirming a confirmation at like, it almost was like this very subtle illumination of myself where it's like, I, like my soul knew, you know, I think I've always, I think I've always really been more so connected to myself and it was almost just like a boost or a reaffirming, I would say all of them like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Mm. And then really just like this really beautiful space to embody it more so I definitely came back after after each training um more of myself for sure more embodied I would say oh I love that Mm -hmm. so you did your training you did then you came back and you taught yoga and then you when did you get into the Ayurveda and for people who don't understand or haven't heard that like what how would you describe that So Ayurveda is, it's literally translated as the science of life, yoga and Ayurveda. So I'm also, there's the Vedic system, which is like the ancient system of, I want to say like humanity, civilization, like it came, it's just like this, like incredibly wise system of like how to live as a human with a mind, with a body, with like, you know, it's like being human 101, um, being human for dummies. Um, <laughs> but it's so the Vedas are split into there's three branches. There's yoga, Ayurveda and Jyotish, which I'm also trained in Jyotish is Vedic astrology. So I can do Vedic natal chart readings. And so with these three sciences, you really can own who you are. Um, I love this saying, what you don't own owns you. So just with this knowledge and this application of all three sciences, you really can like enhance, live your best life. Um, I know that sounds like, I don't want to say I know, but live your best life is such like a common phrase, but you really, really can like enhance and refine the way you're living. So yoga is through the way we look at it. Yoga goes through the mind. Mm-hmm. Ayurveda goes through the body. And then Jyotish, the, the Vedic astrology, looks at your, your natal chart, your karma. And um, so the difference between yoga and Ayurveda, Ayurveda um, is more of a lifestyle. So it looks at your diet. It looks at your environment. It looks at like um, the types of exercise or everyone has their unique constitution. So their body, mind, makeup. 
it's almost like your 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 constitution, your makeup is like a fingerprint. No one has the exact same one as you, but there's three main um, we call them doshas, but three main parts to your makeup. And so Ayurveda looks at your dosha, your your constitution. And which is comprised of the five elements. Oh, it's like so deep, but just like in a nutshell. And then according to your dosha, there's food, there's exercise, there's environment, there's everything around you affects your constitution, affects your health mm. mentally, mentally, physically, emotionally. Um, and so that's why yoga works more or sorry Ayurveda works more through the body we would say mm-hmm. and yoga works through the mind so there's the meditation there's the yoga practices to get you into so your body can sit for meditation um, it's like the philosophy it's more of a mental approach to uniting yourself and Ayurveda is more of a physical approach like what you take in through your five senses to return to your most balanced state, your most um, natural state. Wow. That's so interesting. Like Mm -hmm. like, kind of like a thumbprint of for, for the body that there's certain things that attune to, to you that would be more in alignment. Maybe does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Are there certain, yeah, I, I don't know. Just thinking about it. It's like, yeah, certain people, love and thrive in different environments that are so opposite, right? Where Mm -hmm. some people are, yeah, just completely opposite. So, so how do you go about figuring out then what is it that can get you, did you say more balanced um, Mm -hmm. in, in mind and in body and would the, the third, is it the dosha that you said, would that be more like soul or something? Um, yeah, so the dosha, um, it's your body and mind. When I say constitution, I mean like the makeup of who you are. So your dosha is body and mind. Um, actually, I have a dosha quiz that if you want, you can give your your listeners. It's a dosha quiz. And then um, after the dosha quiz, you'll know your constitution. And then Ooh. from there, I have a little free gift if you want where people can. Um, it's like a lifestyle um, remedy for each dosha so the best foods to eat just like um yeah better foods to eat for your dosha better exercises for your dosha because some people need um like let's say for example if your kapha which is more comprised water and earth so if you have more water and earth in your system there are specific foods that will uh, either accumulate those elements so make you more water and earthy and there are certain foods that will um like help to uh, minimize those elements so you don't get too water and earthy there's different qualities and characteristics that come with that so if someone has more space and air in their constitution they're going to need something completely different than someone who has more water and earth in their constitution just to keep them centered and not have too much accumulation of those elements in their body very cool Mm -hmm. okay so you came from, um, I guess a place of going to university, then deciding, you know, that's, that's not what it is going off and taking your training all in different pockets around the world and teaching yoga. 
Um, when did you decide to transition kind of out of that and into, I know you mentioned that you did um, kind of like a, a desk job. So how did you get into that after doing, doing the yoga? What was it that brought you there? Uh, well, my husband and I, we were living in Vancouver at the time and loved it, loved it, loved it. Like I was teaching at some really incredible studios there. And I was like, we had just some pretty cool, I was serving at the time as well. And we were like in our early twenties and just like loving our life. And then I, we reached mid twenties, maybe a little bit later. No, it was past mid twenties. And I realized that I wanted a family and I wanted to have, I wanted to own my house and have a backyard for, to raise my kids. So we were like, okay, we're going back to either Edmonton or Calgary or Grand Prairie. His family is there. My family's in Grand Prairie. And so we basically like, we didn't flip a coin, but we're like, okay, wherever we get jobs and um, a place to live first is where we'll go. And then Grand Prairie was boom, boom for both of those. So we came back to Grand Prairie. So I worked an office job and did my side yoga gig. So I did both of those. So it wasn't strictly the office, even though I think I said it was for a bit, but I was still doing yoga until I had my son. So I was doing both for a bit. Then I, then I stopped the yoga just to do the office work because I was pregnant and um, I can't quite remember now the timeline, but um, this is actually another thing um, with scarcity thinking. I was working the office job to get my maternity leave. That's what it was. And so that was like a safety net for me, yet it was killing my soul. I felt like I was in a cage. I remember just saying those words to one of my friends. I feel like I'm in a cage, but it's giving me maternity leave. And I'm very grateful for it. Very, very grateful for it. Cause I was able to, you know, take the maternity leave. But then with my daughter, my second pregnancy, I was like, well, I'm just going to figure this out. No maternity leave for me. So I, I just, um, yeah, ran my business and, but another lesson learned I could just feel that working in that office job for myself anyways, that was just for my own personal journey. It wasn't for me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that you brought that up too. that scarcity around, you know, sometimes in order to feel safe, or if there's fear coming in, instead of just trusting what you know, to be true, sometimes, you know, I've been there over and over again, where it's like, okay, how do you detach from that? So you can really just like, trust and know that things will work out and figure out a way because there's people all over the world that aren't on maternity leave that are doing other things and that are living abundantly and, and making it work. But I don't know, maybe it's just where, what we're socially um, exposed to, I guess, or in our culture, because different places around the world live differently, but around here, it's kind of like, yeah, you get on maternity leave, you have your time off, you get, um, yeah. but yeah, I can see how that definitely plays into a lot of decisions that go against what we really feel that, that fear. Yeah. And this is just reminding me of something I heard. Um, 
So I cannot remember the name of the person that I heard this from, um, but abundance, like the definition of abundance is being able to do what you want to do when you want to do it. And we can have this like scarcity comes from like fear, right? Like, oh, but what if I won't be able to do it? And what if this runs out? And what if this stops? And what if, what if, what if? And then that like basically closes off our our energetic bodies and we we get disconnected from source abundance from like, you know, the thing that really can carry us through, which is um, like a co-creative source right um yeah and it like depletes your confidence in yourself so you don't go out and take those scary actions that you know like it's like it's a co-creative thing here when you connect to the universe and source and abundance but like you also got to do your part and take the actions and do the things and yes so then you had your your daughter Mm-hmm. And you didn't have a leave. So what, what was the, the shift there or the difference? Was it just from feeling caged and going through that the first time that the second time around, you're like, I'm just going to figure it out. Or like, what was the shift there? Yeah. I just knew even thinking back, I like, I guess I'm now that we're having this conversation, Candace, I can, I guess I'm really good at listening to my body. Cause even talking about it now, I can feel my body is like, Ugh just thinking of being in the office, you know, it was, I just, um, the more you listen to your intuition, the stronger it grows. And the more you listen to your body, the, the more it can communicate with you. Right. So, um, no other answer than I just knew it just didn't feel, I wouldn't be where I am now. If I spent my time in an office, I wouldn't have given myself the space to grow mm-hmm. and to just, for life to take me in the direction that it has. And so you did yoga for a while. You got into some other, um, other things. You got into your area Veda. I hope I'm saying that right. Yeah. Ayurveda. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and some other different things that you, you dived into. So um, what is it that you're doing now? And I want to know, like, along the journey, let's say if somebody else is in a position where like, they know they've been ignoring their intuition, they, they know what feels good. They know what they should be doing. Maybe they feel pressure from some, you know, maybe they're making it mean something like what their friends or their family or other people like take in other people's judgments that may be true or not, and are just feeling stuck. Do you have any advice or any strategies that I know you said that you made like little tiny baby steps. Is there anything that you would tell them that they could actually start making baby steps to, to do whatever feels true to them? Mm-hmm. So what I do now is I coach, I create programs and I coach women either through like a group program or one-to-one. Um, and with your question like I um I basically guide people through the same process that I went through myself which is really tuning in and using the emotional body as like a navigational system so so for example let's say let's say I was coaching myself what seven years ago now and I was in that office job 
I would have guided myself into just like what my body is saying and how to clear through that. So for myself, I knew that it was the right thing for me to finish out my time to get the maternity leave because that was my path. And that also gave me that whole year to take my coaching training. And then that moved into my business, which I, which allowed me to um, live abundantly and sustainably without maternity leave when I had my daughter, you know? So it's just like, I don't really, I wouldn't have an answer. I would guide you into what is your, like, what is, what is your answer? You know, like what is right for you? And just like navigating, working with the emotional body and logic and reason and rational. Okay. And how Mm -hmm. did you get into that coaching? It does make sense. It's like everybody that you hear that is coaching is coaching people. Most of the time go through the same kind of transformation or the same kind of um, steps that they took prior to, to get to the other side. So what made you want to get into coaching and how did you get there? Right. So it started with, uh, it's called yoga health coaching, the coaching that I started with. So it was coaching the Ayurvedic lifestyle. So that was my first program. It's called habitual bloom. And I coached the Ayurvedic lifestyle, which, you know, it, it helps, it really helps people connect to their spirit, their soul. Cause it's Ayurveda lifestyle is to stay connected to the self, to live a whole integrated life, body, mind, you know, spirit. Um, so it's really allowing all three, all three of those parts. Actually, I will say this. So with Ayurveda, we look at the physical body, the breath body, the mental and emotional body, the intuitive body and the conscious body. So we tend to all of these bodies to live a whole life, integrated life. Um, and so it started with that, with the, with the yoga health coaching, the Ayurvedic lifestyle coaching. And then as I was working with my people, I realized that there was something deeper that was um, like beneath the surface of the physical, beneath like, um, again, it just took its own course. And just with me listening to listening to it, it uh, developed into, I now work with women and um their subconscious body because it's in the subconscious body where all of our beliefs are right where they lie. And then, so that kind of, that works more of the mental and emotional and logical part of us. Cause we can understand the subconscious body yet. We also um, want to feel safe and grounded in our nervous system. So that's now where my coaching is as I help women like really transform through feeling safe in their body and also working through these mental blocks that we create. Cause I know for years I myself was like, there was, I, I understood things logically and intellectually like, Oh, this is a limiting belief that I have. So I'm going to say things and do things differently. And even though I'm, thinking new things and doing things differently I'm still like I'm still here so there was this missing link and it was me realizing that I wasn't 
I didn't feel safe in my nervous system. So while I intellectually got it, I wasn't embodying it. And so mm-hmm. there's that whole process where it's like logical, intellectual understanding, and also embodying so that you're actually transforming. Yes. To all of that. I know I've been through this journey as well, where I, I get that exactly the same as you, but then I had these, these subconscious beliefs that, that it didn't matter what I was saying, what I knew, what I was thinking, how I sh- like would show up that if I didn't heal, heal this inside of me and like release and let go of these blocks, then I would be in the same spot stuck. So that has been super transformative for me in my life, because it's like, Mm -hmm. like you said, we, that stuff, that's like the underlying that is there. If we don't address that, then we can't really move forward. We kind of are stuck. So yeah. And move it through the body, you know, because the body holds on. And like, that was like, I have to say the biggest piece for me was moving it through my emotional body. So that all those like past events, you know, they weren't living in my nervous system, which was blocking that transformation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like that is, yeah. One of the, one of the mm-hmm. links that that's so beautiful that you help women get to that space where they can mm-hmm. follow the nudges and listen to their intuition and, and whatever they believe and they feel and they like have a knowing for that it, they're not going to be stuck in this place that they can actually be living, living that life. So mm-hmm. what are some of the transformations that you've seen with some of the people that you've worked with? The biggest thing really is them clearing through the emotional body to open up to, um, honestly, a lot of my people heal their relationship with their parents. Cause there's a lot of trauma, like not like, we're not bashing parents at all here. Like <laughs> I know every parent does the best they can with what they have. And you know, like it's, it's, it's like generational, right? Like, it's like, not just our parents, it's their parents and their parents and their parents, but like, there's a lot of trauma in the body that we consciously and unconsciously either know about or don't know about and um so yeah it's there and until we like creating the space for these women to go and I'm not I just for whatever reason I just attract women but I've only worked with women in this capacity and creating the space um for women to go in and see what's there is like so healing because it's it gives the space for it to surface, to be processed, to be released, you know, and then um, from there, like once that space is cleared, new, new energy, new consciousness, new beliefs really can come in once we clear what was there. Um, and just like a lot of my clients have been like healing their relationship with their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that it goes back to like your inner child and yes. way back to when, you know, we're like little sponges back then. And we just pick up, you know, whatever, whatever's around us. So I feel yeah. like, yeah, there's, I don't know, this is just kind of my belief, but that like, it doesn't really matter 
what your parents were like. They, you could have, you know, they could have loved you too much or been too, yeah. <laughs> they, they maybe ignored you or you felt ignored or whatever perspective you are as a child, not, not knowing things. It's like, you know, I feel like today there are tools that we can give our children to help them along in the journey so that when they get older, there won't be as much baggage or stuff to clear that like there will always be whatever it is that, that whatever has happened to you in your life, but that it all does come back to like that, that little childhood version of you that just needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that perspective that you had, right? Like I think of my brother and I, we had, we had pretty much, you know, a pretty equal childhood growing up and we have completely different memories completely different views of a lot of things you know like you would think we were raised by completely different parents but it was just our perspective at the time and what what we believed was happening right so if we can go back and yeah heal those pieces of ours then you can open up let go of all that heaviness then there's room and space to open up like you said to new beliefs And then that, like that, um, affects every area of life. Like it just really almost like, like once you like find what that root, I don't want to say root, maybe a root pain, but there's like always like with my clients there, we always like, we eventually get to, we find out what like the root pain is. And then we work at releasing that. And then everything else in life begins to open up and get more, get into the flow. Hmm. So do you have any specific practices that you do to kind of stay in tune? Um, is there any daily practices or any things that you do? Like, I don't know, monthly or quarterly, like anything to ground yourself or, or to stay in this energy as we kind of go through, you know, the motions of life and different events that happen. Yeah. So my daily practice is I always meditate and move my body in the morning. Um, whether like, and I will switch up my body movement. Sometimes I do my yoga practice. Sometimes I'll just like dance. I'll like do my meditation and then just dance. Um, and just to like really make sure that the energy is moving because emotions are energy in motion. Right. And if you're not moving that energy, then they get stuck in the body and that's when stuff starts to um, get, uh, I don't say disoriented, but you get, you get, you block up your channel. Um, and then I will, um, depending on what's happening in my life, I'll, I will always go through my, the beliefs in my head. Like I'll, I'll just say, okay, like I'll just be, I'll be aware of what thoughts I'm thinking because then I like that affects my emotional body. That affects how I show up. Um, so I will, if not every day, I don't do it every day, go through my limiting beliefs. Um, but really frequently I will, especially when I'm like, um, creating something new. I'll just look at my beliefs that I'm holding around that and clear through it and redirect the way I'm thinking, the way I'm doing. And again, just like moving my body is a really big piece because, um, I can intellectually and logically understand something all day long, but if my body isn't behind it, then, um, I don't get too far. Okay. Um, I just curious, um, your husband, so is he Mm -hmm. 
do you do some of this kind of work with him? Does he catch it through osmosis? Is he open to it? Um, cause I know some, um, men maybe aren't as ready to dive in. So what is that kind of like for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so my husband, he has always been very open spiritually. Um, but we have a completely different approach to our spiritual gym or spiritual fitness. You could say he just kind of like, I feel like I, he's really wise and he's very, he doesn't meditate. He doesn't work. Like he has his own way. He doesn't sit down and journal of his living beliefs. Like I do, <laughs> you know, he's just, he just is, um, what do I want to say? He's like, and also, I believe he did catch a lot of things through osmosis. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's very easy to, because there's a lot of things that have changed in our life. What do I want to say here? And I think this is very common for a lot of couples, but um, I was the one who kind of like spearheaded change in our life. And almost like he embodied it before I did. You know, like I was like, I don't want to sound like arrogant or anything here, but he, um, I just, I'm thinking back in like different areas and stages of our life together. And there was definitely like, I spearheaded a lot of things and he was like, okay, sure. Mariah, like, yeah, we'll do this. I'm on board. But then here he is just like, you know, embodying the things that I'm working on. Yes. Mm -hmm. I love that. So interesting to see. Yeah. With different couples and different, um, people that are into the work that, um, I don't know. I've just, it's, it's kind of funny, like just seeing like, even, um, this is just like a random example, but, um, Kathy Heller has posted her husband, who's like a comedian, um, doing these like short little like riffs on her like oh yeah okay I gotta I go in the store and I gotta buy the most expensive shirt because I'm abundant and how much money I you know he like he, <laughs> yeah. it's funny because it's like he is his own person and it's like you know the the spouse is their own person but just to like see his version or his you know you know he like gets it if you're living with it and you're surrounded by it but just their own take or their own play with it. It's, it's just really funny to, to see how it kind of works out because if you're around that type of energy, you either rise to the occasion or like match up or it it just wouldn't feel good or it'd be out of alignment or, or whatever. But yeah, yeah. That's really interesting to to hear. Exactly. He kind of embodies it and just goes with it as you're working yeah he he goes throughout his day and like just like oh okay well we're doing this and oh this is working out great for me you know like it's just like it's this beautiful like partnership of um I'm, I'm I'm finding I'm having a loss for words right now with it but um we wouldn't be where we are together if we didn't have each other mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah you bring a unique yeah. part of you to the to the equation yeah yeah. All right. Well, um, I feel like I've just like expanded my, my horizons here. I'm going to have to dig into, to all of the, the different facets that you talked about and go take that quiz and yes. see what my, 
results are. So we'll definitely link that in the show notes, but where can everybody find you, figure out how to work with you, connect with you? Right. So everything, my website is marialoveland.com. So it's not, it's spelled M-I-R-I-A-L-O-V-L-I-N. I'm sure you'll have a spelling of it, but it's, um, Instagram is Mariah Loveland. Website is marialoveland.com. And um, that's basically where I, where I am. Okay. So if mm-hmm. you are interested and you want to connect with Mariah and let go of all of the baggage that you're holding on to and some of those subconscious things, and you want to step in to the possibilities that are available to you, then definitely reach out to Mariah and see how you guys can work together. So thank you so much for being on here today. I have learned so much from sitting down in this hour chatting with you and yeah, I just loved every minute of it. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Candice. It was such a treat. I I could go on and on and on and talk on and on about all of this stuff. So thank you for giving me the (laughs) spotlight to do it. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of All Things Relatable. If you know someone that would relate to this episode and get value from it, please pass it along. Also, if this episode resonated with you, I would love for you to rate, review, and subscribe.